This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. We are live on the Bet 1430 in Denver, 105.9 FM HD2 in Chicago. Chicago's new home for wagertainment, 93.1 FM HD3 in Los Angeles. Download the free Odyssey app today to watch, listen, and subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast. Right now on BetQL Daily, we welcome in the co-host of the Bet the Edge Podcast and the Deep Dive Podcast, our friend Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. Whale, was that you? 1K on Phil at 300 to 1? <laughs> man i wish man my goodness that was a, that was a, a ballsy play it was I, I don't know how much of the golf uh you watch you talk about it a good amount on deep dive with andy and various guests but um it, it was just one of those weekends like okay yeah he's still triple digits after day one uh he still was not the favorite going into sunday it was just you're waiting and you're waiting for phil to fall apart it never happened yeah I mean, that that was a pretty wild story from beginning yeah. to end. I don't know that uh, – I, I definitely did not see that coming. Uh, I had a good friend that won like an 80-1 to 1 on Phil first-round leader a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, well, I Phil Mickelson. I forgot about him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, he – uh, you know, he absolutely was the class of the field and it really wasn't close. Everybody else was, uh, pretty underwhelming, uh, really, except maybe even Brooks Kepka, who I thought came in out of form, uh, looked a lot better than I expected. And that was, uh, that was pretty cool to see. I know Phil, uh, you know, obviously is, you know, he's, he's out there trying to, um, trying to capture his white whale, the U S open, uh, in Tory Pines. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. the fact that he's coming in with this confidence and playing at that level, is going to be a pretty interesting story. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't have you on to talk golf, obviously, but man, when you have a a winner at a major that's two fifty to one, three hundred to one, it's just it's a huge uh, sports betting story. And for years, I've been annoyed when we see some of the mainstream shows t- when they talk about major. What about Tiger? What about Phil? It's just been annoying for a while, and now now I have to shut up. I have to stop complaining about it because we get Phil Mickelson uh, winning a major here at the age of fifty. All right, Drew, let's uh, talk NBA series prices. All these series, one game in. Feels like everyone and their mother betting the Lakers. Lakers as a slight dog. Lakers as a pick Well, that's out to minus 120, minus 125 range. Uh, of all the series prices currently available in the Western Conference, is that the play to make or are you looking elsewhere? Oh, no. In the Western Conference, I don't know that uh... – I don't know that I can take the Lakers at minus 120 at this point. I, I'm I'm still um, somewhat concerned about a handful of things that we saw from their rotation. Um, Frank Vogel, I didn't think, came in with the greatest plan A in terms of how he was going to approach that series. And I mean, I, I was on the Suns in game one. It was mostly a fatigue play just because of how hard, you know, how hard fought the last couple of games for the Lakers were compared to what the Suns got to do in terms of rest and prep and being at home and, you know, just having – having, uh, you know, kind of a younger overall crew. 
Um, and I was expecting, you know, the Lakers were going to have a tough time in game one, but I wasn't expecting it the way we saw. I didn't expect uh, DeAndre to, you know, to feed Anthony Davis's lunch. And I didn't expect that, um, uh, you know, that we, you're going to see as many minutes as we did from, um, from Andre Drummond. Those minutes have been a disaster. Andre Drummond and Montrez Harrell at the floor on the floor at the same time has been a disaster. Uh, you know, the, the, the Lakers made a couple of, moves that went a little bit under the radar last off season in terms of letting Udoy Howard, letting uh, trail McGee go. And, uh, you know, and, and they've never really uh, figured out what they want to do going forward. Now at the center position, it's pretty clear that Anthony Davis is their best center and they need to get the guys around him in the most meaningful moments in these games. And, you know, they still haven't quite figured out how to put that puzzle together yet. So I'm a little concerned that the, uh, the Lakers are staring at an O and two deficit here. And, you know, whereas I thought the Lakers were going to struggle a little early and then, you know, eventually find their form and, and advance without much of a, of, of a sweat. My perception changed a little bit after seeing game one uh, and uh, just reflecting the fact that that really wasn't a nine, point uh, game like that was you know that the margin between those two teams uh, on the court last night was was pretty broad and you're going to need some superhuman effort here from LeBron James down the stretch I think to get out of this series and uh, and I don't think it's going to be in six seven games so I'm nervous Lakers drop a second one here and I think uh, you're going to get a better price than minus 120 before uh, the game three turnaround. Drew, I'm taking a look at uh, the other team from Los Angeles, the Clippers. I feel like that's a really nice price, minus 145. I know they were a disaster in the bubble. I know game one, Luka kind of dominated them. But what are your thoughts uh, on that series as Dallas goes up 1-0? Now they're just plus 120. Uh, but the Clippers, I like that price, minus 145 to win the series against the Mavs. It's not crazy. And I, I anyone that's played that uh, today heading into game two, I'm, I'm not stopping you. Um, ultimately, the Clippers are the team that comes out of this one, in my opinion. Um, but you were right in that the Clippers plan A for how to defend Luka Doncic was a disaster, really, um, to put it kindly. Uh, last year in the playoffs, the Clippers were extremely physical with Luka. Um, you know, anytime he drove the lane, they put two bodies on him. They had... Uh, you know, Marcus, you know, they had Morris, uh, you know, get physical with him. Uh, and it did kind of take him out of his game a little bit. It did make him think twice about driving. He was much more inclined to settle for the outside shot, the more physical they got. Um, they forced him to the free throw line and said, you know, hey, you know, if you're going to get these points inside, they're going to be at the free throw line where, you know, we know you have a little bit of struggles from time to time. And, you know, that was a pretty, ended up being a pretty decent strategy to get him, uh, you know, to get past Luca in that moment. Um, and Luca's obviously put on a decent amount of weight. He's a bigger dude now. He, he can get, he can absorb some of the physical uh, play that they, intended to uh, to bring when he goes inside and it's definitely need they need to have a plan b now uh for how you limit luca's impact on the game if they're going to expect to get past the Mavs, because really the clippers offense relies so heavily on the three-point shot which obviously it's a high variance proposition and if the shoot if the, if the shot's falling if everything is uh is going down then you're tough to beat but uh in a game like we saw in game one where they just you know they couldn't hit a shot to save their lives particularly down the stretch uh, you know, that was a tough, tough, tough look in the fourth quarter, especially in that last uh, four minutes there. So I think ultimately the Clippers will figure it out. I think uh, the more games Serge Ibaka gets under him, you know, he gets his legs under him. I think you have a little bit more uh, of a dynamic, um, you know, set of lineups you can run if you're Ty Lue. Um, I'd like to see them use um, Serge Ibaka in the five in the closing in the closing group. 
Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Rajon Rondo out there with the closing group either, just because I think his ability to uh, to attack the rim, to slash, and to find the open shooters uh, is pretty important in terms of taking some of the offensive pressure off of Kawhi. Um, but all of these things I'm postulating, you know, we need to see the Clippers figure it out, and you know, it may take a couple more games before. Uh, you know, the pieces fall into place here. I haven't played the Clippers this morning, even though I agree that the price is is somewhat favorable at minus 145. I think they win game two, um, but I'm still kind of keeping my eye on game three. If the Mavericks have any other aces up their sleeve, uh, deploy them at home in that first uh, of the two home games in Dallas, and they're up 2-1, um, you're going to get the Clippers at about a pick So I think I'm going to hold my breath and, and uh, or at least hold my, you know, save some of my gunpowder for uh, post game three. Uh, and if the Clippers are down uh, one, two and the Mavericks, you know, they, they haven't deployed some of their, uh, you know, la- you know, their final adjustments, then I think that's the right time to fire away on LA. That's a great point about Luca, especially because like you notice the big difference from his first year in the playoffs and his second year. And you see that like every year with some of these guys, but like last year, the Clippers were trying to bully him. And then, you know, the other in game one, he was kind of the bully yelling at Patrick Beverly. And that's why I feel like experience obviously matters. Taking a look at the Knicks, that series price plus 200 today, uh, two to one. You're getting with them Atlanta minus 250 after taking game one, any value with the Knicks. I just feel like, you know, even like Julius Randall was terrible yesterday. This is his first playoff game. Sure. I, yes, I would of of the series uh, to fire away on now. That's the one that sticks out. Um, this is a coin flip kind of a series. Um, I think that if the Knicks, you know, I, number one, I'm expecting the Knicks to win game two. Um, and if they don't, I would probably, so I, I, I think I'm going to put half a stake on Knicks at two to one right now, recognizing that I still think this is a seven game series. And I think you're going to get the Knicks at about minus 125 at home in game seven. Uh, and I'm going to put a little bit on the Knicks now at, at uh, plus 200. I'm going to save a little bit in case they lose game two and get them at even a bigger price, you know, before game three, because ultimately this, the, the margins between the Knicks and the Hawks, as you saw last night, is they are very, very thin. Um, and no matter how you slice it, this is going to be uh, a long and difficult, hard fought series, in my opinion. And uh, I respect uh, what Tibbs is doing as far as coach of the Knicks. I like the fact that they've already figured out that the, you know that Derrick Rose needs to have the ball in his hands at the end of these games in order to either facilitate or, or be the guy that you know that uh, is running the offense. And uh, I do think you'll see a better better game too from Julius Randle now that the you know the nerves have kind of cooled a little bit and he's got one playoff game under his belt. And you know similarly, I don't think I, you know I, I think there are limitations with what the Hawks are trying to do in a couple of respects that I think open them up to uh, you know some negative variance here. So. Knicks win game two. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Knicks, uh, you know, push this series deep, I think is a reasonable assumption. So anytime you're going to get a price like two to one, uh, considering that they have every reasonable likelihood to get back into this series, I, I would take that. This is BetQL Daily. Our guest, Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. Only two games tonight, whale. And uh, the first one, Miami against Milwaukee. Bucks, four and a half point favorites, total 222 and a half. And if you want to fade your guy, Coach Bud, you can get Miami plus 360 in the series. How do we handicap this? Yeah, I thought the Heat's best shot was that game one, and they did. They couldn't couldn't pull it off in overtime. They couldn't pull it off late in that fourth quarter. Uh, the Bucks looked a little like deja vu all over again. You know, the three-point shot wasn't falling. The team defense for the Heat was a heck of a lot better than what they anticipated coming into that game. Uh, and ultimately, 
watching that one, I thought, okay, well, the Bucks got the stinker out of the way. They're going to be fine now. They're going to get past the heat, but they are in deep trouble come Nets. Um, I thought the Nets were actually one of the biggest winners of the of the playoffs in, in that that week first weekend um, because honestly the what the Bucks are doing what the Sixers are doing both have humongous flashing question marks around the head coach so uh, Nets are in pretty solid shape now but um, but the Bucks um, I think are worth a play tonight at minus four and a half I think that okay. fair price should be about six in Milwaukee here. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the fact that you had the Bucks miss so many wide open three pointers is not something you can expect twice. Um, they made, a, they made, I'll give, I'll give Budenholzer one small <laughs> iota of credit here and say putting Giannis on Jimmy Butler was pretty smart. Um, mm-hmm. that was a very solid defensive assignment for Giannis, obviously one of the better individual defenders we have in the entire NBA. Uh, and I think he was up to the task of, you know, because Jimmy's limited. Jimmy is not the same guy we saw in the bubble in terms of his physical uh, ability right now just because of all the uh, the wear and tear and the injuries that he's dealt with this season. So um, Giannis can absolutely bottle him, uh, which really does put a little bit of uh, pressure on the rest of the Heat in terms of creating offense. So I think ultimately the uh, it's another ugly low-scoring game. I think the Bucks win and cover. Uh, and I could see the heat uh, at some point in the fourth quarter here, just, uh, you know, kind of saving some of their bullets for game three. Drew, also tonight we have Denver down 1-0, and uh, they are one-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 226-and-a-half going up against Portland. The Nuggets plus 220 in the series. Yeah, so I have some Blazers minus one-and-a-half games, minus two-and-a-half games. I have a big position on them to win this series. And... If I did not, I would be betting them again tonight because this is a disastrous matchup for the Nuggets. Uh, The Blazers have four of the five best players on the floor at any given time. Um, And, you know, Nuggets, you know, all credit in the world, hat tip to Nikola Jokic for an amazing regular season. Uh, He drew probably the worst case scenario matchup in this round of the playoffs going up against Nurkic, who's, you know, a guy with a big body who can really, uh, you know, kind of use leverage against him uh, to prevent him from getting some of the looks that he would want offensively. There's really no one else that can create uh, other than Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter Jr. can only create for himself. Um, So the Nuggets are in deep trouble there. Uh, now because I, you know, and so I'm, I'm trying not to double triple down here just because I have a, a decent amount already invested in the Blazers to get through here. But again, kind of looking at the way the rest of the landscape is right now across the Western conference, I, I don't understand why the Blazers are 14 to one to win the West. Um, this, you know, this crunch time lineup that they have of Dame CJ, um, you know, Powell, Rocco and, uh, and Nurkic is that's as good as a, as a crunch time five as any team in the West Lakers Clippers inclusive. Um, so I'm surprised that uh, you can still get them at 14 to one to win the West. I think their series against the nuggets is likely to be the shortest of all of the round one series in the Western conference. So you got potentially, uh, you know, a rested team going up against the limp- limping Lakers or, uh, you know, a gas suns in round two, and then you get the, you know, the unimpressive jazz or the unimpressive Clippers or, you know, the Mavs who are just, you know, a superstar and a bunch of other pieces uh, in the Western conference finals. Uh, at, at this point, I think it's, you know, we need to realistically start thinking about if the Blazers, uh, you know, can win the West. Uh, and the fact that you can still get 14 to one is kind of surprising to me. 
Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper co-hosts the bet the edge podcast with their friend another friend Sarah Perlman and the deep dive podcast with of course Andy as well he's a friend too thank you Drew hey best luck guys uh, Drew Dinsick, fantastic information a lot of different ideas rolling through my head after uh, talking to Drew on that one Feels good when when you hear when you hear him say that he's on the same side uh, with the Bucks laying a uh, shorter number tonight. Up next, we go out to Vegas Station Casinos. Chuck Esposito drops by on the BetQL Audio Network.